Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Hello, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. We are on episode 74. For what a journey. Time's flying by. I feel like I say that in every episode, but it really is. We are almost to the end of October, and next week we have our special Halloween episode, which is always a favor every year. So if you haven't yet, please submit your stories. Check out the Working Girl Talk Instagram for all the details on how to get involved with the Halloween episode. Without further ado, let's dive into some headlines before we get into our Working Girl Talk guest today. First up, you can start making phone calls from space. That's right. Reuters reported that no. Kia has been selected by NASA to build the first cellular network on the moon. Nokia, the Finnish company, said on Monday this week as the U.S. space agency, quote, plans for a future where humans return there and establish lunar settlements, end quote. I did the full quote because I was like, wait, so this is happening? (laughs) It was very for sure. So I guess that's happening. And I guess these settlements need some phone service. And it also pointed out that NASA aims to return humans to the moon by 2024. So there we go. (laughs) Next story, TechCrunch reported that we have an interesting new way for TikTokers to make some money. PearPop is a new Los Angeles-based company on its way to racking up nearly 25,000 users in less than a month and has already landed seed funding from the firm Rocket One Capital. Okay, cool, but like, what is this thing? So PearPop's platform works by letting TikTok celebrities set a price for sharing screen time. They can accept bids and preview the content to approve to make sure it's aligned with their personal brand on the platform. The payment is made through Stripe and the software verifies payment. Once paid, the celebrity posts the shared screen video. So I don't know like the full scale of this, but basically you can like just have content on your favorite TikTok celebrities page. I don't know if it's like a pre-recorded thing or they just kind of do it live with you, how that works, but basically you're paying to get seen on a TikTok famous person's account. So there we go. Interesting ways to make money all the time. <laughs> new, and in, new and innovative ways. The story on this is actually pretty interesting. The guy who started it was a model and he was inspired by Cameo, the platform where you can like talk and interact and pay for videos from celebrities. He was inspired by that and also inspired by like growth on Instagram. So like he was trying to make this Instagram growth hack tool and it didn't really turn out so now it's kind of like this is like his new venture it's really interesting check out the full story to get like the full like factual details on it but very interesting next headline from the verge apple launches apple music tv which is exactly what it sounds like apple music on television so it's a free curated 24-hour live stream of popular music videos, which is super fun. It reminds me of like the old MTV days or it was just music videos, which I love music videos. I recently went down a rabbit hole on YouTube of just watching all the music videos because I feel like you don't see them much anymore. Really fun. I like this, probably something good to put on the background. And as of right now, it's only available in the US. And those are it for our headlines today. And now for our Working Girl Talk guest of the week. With the world the way it is, I hope you've been taking advantage of some of the virtual events that have been going on, these free webinars, free events, free conferences that have been taking place virtually. 
Have you ever wondered how to go about throwing one yourself? If yes, and even if not, even if you've ever been curious, this episode is for you. In today's episode, we talk all things event planning with Megan Fialkoff. She has produced over 2,000 events and she is heavily involved in the nonprofit space. And she is the co-founder of Modern Day Wife. So the Modern Day Wife is a lifestyle brand based in the U.S. and Canada, started by Megan Ayers. And now co-founder Megan Fialkoff is on board and it is just the it's just such a fun conversation. So Modern Day Wife is super cool. They focus on helping the woman who does it all, the career woman, the partner, the friend, the parent, by providing them with events, resources, and tools to excel in each of these roles. So founder Megan Ayers and co-founder Megan Fialkoff are currently producing virtual events in the Think Outside the Box series, which is a really cool series that they've started. They held one in September, holding one this month in October, which we're going to talk about, and they're going to hold one in November. September's event featured Rebecca Minkoff, Daphne Waynes, Andrea Mundy, so many cool people. And we talk, you better believe, we talk to Megan about how to find cool guests for your event. So super excited for this one. Welcome Megan to the show and make sure to stick around to the end of the interview because we have a special promo for our Working Girl Talk listeners. So excited. So I wanted to just start off with a brief intro. Who are you and what do you do? I'm the co-founder of Modern Day Wife. My uh, other co-founder is another Megan, Megan Ayers. She's Canadian, I'm American. So we run Modern Day Wife in both countries. I do a lot of things. It's almost like a charged question because there's so much to say. Um, But since we're mainly sticking with Modern Day Wife at this moment, um, I run Modern Day Wife with Megan. We host virtual events. Before that, we held in-person events and hope to do that again one day. Uh, And we have a plethora of workbooks, workshops, IGTV tutorials, and various other things that we do to provide a one-stop shop for women who are trying to do it all to thriving at doing it all. And I, we're both living it because, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, I'm not just married, but I have a newborn. And I'm definitely trying to do it all right now, and I'm coming out through to the other side. So to be able to tell people how I've been able to manage this. And then Megan similarly has been engaged for a few years and she's been dealing with lots of various trials and tribulations with COVID and businesses and not being able to plan a wedding. And so she also has been a different stage of her life. So the reason I'm telling you that is because that's what we do at Modern Day Wife is we provide the one-stop shop for a woman who is dating, engaged, married, not married, divorced, kids, no kids, trying to balance career, family, social life, and where she can come to one place to get all of that information. Love it. And that is exactly why when I saw you guys, I was like, they'd be perfect working girl talk because that is exactly aligns with the mission here. So that is super cool. So I want to go back in time a little bit and talk about your career journey because I know something like this doesn't happen overnight and I'm sure you took a lot of twists and turns to get here. So where did you grow up? What was childhood like? Did you ever see yourself becoming like an entrepreneur in this event space? How'd that happen? So I grew up on Long Island, which is in New York. 
Long Island's a really special place. Like all of Billy Joel's music is basically based on Long Island. And if you're from Long Island, you know that. There's so much culture. You're so close, especially where I was to Manhattan. So you grow up going to Broadway shows and being exposed to so many things, being so close to Manhattan. And you're also right next to the beach. So you kind of have all of these worlds that you can go to, you know, you're not like in the middle of the country where it's amazing to me, they never see the ocean, right? <laughs> it's amazing. I never really even thought about that until someone brought it to my attention. And I, that's where I grew up. And I was very inspired by theater, um, Madonna's, uh, I forget which tour, they used to always play it on VH1 when I was in fifth grade, which was 1995. I remember uh, catching it one day and shoving in a, a tape and recording it and being so happy that I managed to do that so I could watch it over and over, which I don't know if that was the best influence, but I was definitely very inspired by people who were really influential and who just had a really larger than life life. I really wanted to do theater and the arts and I wasn't necessarily encouraged. So I felt that the next best thing I could do would be events and entertainment because it's very similar to that. And since, so I was in Manhattan for nine years. I uh, started a nonprofit there um, and I ran that nonprofit for years and I still run it to this day. I've done, produced about 2000 events for that nonprofit in New York, New Jersey and overseas. And I also have done many fundraising events, which I still do all throughout the US and overseas. So that's one of the things that I've been involved in. And that has definitely helped me to achieve that original vision because I'm helping people and I'm also doing something I love, which is events and entertainment, presenting these events. Then Modern Day Wife kind of evolved, kind of a longer story, which we won't get into. But when I met Megan, I knew this was who I wanted to work with. I had been looking for someone who I could really partner with on some kind of endeavor. And I wasn't finding anyone who was as hardworking as me or as ambitious or thinking big or willing to just be go flow. Like let's just, okay, we have this idea, let's do it and not put so much time into things. And having moved to LA, I was trying to formulate partnerships with people on different ideas I had. And I just didn't really connect with anyone that way. You know, pe people are very laid back and I needed someone a little bit more hyper like me and someone who just really would own it. And I did originally have an idea and I met with some people and then I would get emails like, okay, so what's happening? And I was like, no, that's not how I'm, we, I can't do that. So when I met Megan, she was just like me and she felt the same way. So we instantly uh, decided to run this together. She had been running it before me by herself in Canada. And then I partnered with her to bring it to the US. And so um, with this, we're starting in these two countries, but we do plan to bring it overseas. Like we'd love to have a modern day wife Paris, a modern day wife Tokyo, a modern day wife London, a modern day wife Bogota, which is Colombia. Like lots of these places where we can have events and a hub where women can come to who again are are balancing all these things in their lives another thing i'll say too about what we're doing that's different than a lot of the other uh groups that kind of help entrepreneurial women and just kind of focus on that is 
we do not just do career, but also life and family and so on. But also we've come out in a time now that I think is good because being a mom and being married are, are more looked upon like exciting and interesting. Now there's so many blogs and so many celebrities, whereas maybe 10 years ago, all you saw in the movies was how horrible it was to be married and how horrible it was to have babies. So it's kind of a good time period to be doing this. It's, it's shifted. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's so cool that it kind of tackles all of those different facets of a woman's life. That's really cool and really unique. And I love the dreaming big of all around the world, modern day wife. That is super awesome. We love that here. Yeah. Um, so I guess how you have been planning events for a long time. You've done a lot of different kind of events. I want to talk about the event yeah. side of things. So let's start with how has it been, I guess, pivot that word pivot has been used a lot this year from in-person events to virtual events. How was that for you guys? Very interesting because at first I was so scared to use zoom. So I did a Facebook post for, this was originally for my nonprofit for someone who to volunteer to help me and someone agreed right away to help me and spent an hour, which we didn't even need after like 10 minutes. I'm like enough. I don't need to know all the facets and details. I just need to know the basics, but fine. She went over lots of things with me. And, um, so once I knew how to do the technology side, it was pretty easy to shift because if you know how to put on an event, it's pretty much, you just to figure out what's your overall vision of what you want the event to be. And then you work backwards to figure out how to create that. So it's similar with a virtual event. The only difference is like, can you charge? Will people pay to go to a virtual event? Whereas they could go on YouTube to watch tutorials. They could go on people's Instagram pages. Like why would they pay for an event? It has to have value. Like that's when you go to an in-person event, there's, I, I'm not even going to get into all the ways that it has value, but one of them as a girl is you have a reason to get dressed up. You have a reason to get your hair done, do your makeup, use your handbag that you never use for like night, fancier night things, like all those kinds of things. If you're single, especially, it's a great way to meet men. You know, there's so many reasons to go to, the, uh, maybe I'm talking more of a nighttime event, but fine. Um, so it has to have value and uh, it has to be organized in a way that everyone's going to show up and all these various things. But again, all of these have some kind of similarity to an in-person event. So it's not too difficult to translate it into an online one. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I like that you mentioned just getting comfortable with that tool, that first hurdle, and then you can kind of work backwards. Like what's my event about? Because I think, especially in this environment, events are a little bit more accessible maybe because you don't have to be at that location or fly to that city for an event. You can, anyone can go. So you technically yes. have more opportunity right now too. Exactly. Because rather than us starting like where modern day wife started in Canada, it was in-person events only. And it was only in Vancouver for that exact reason. So now that it's virtual, I came on at a perfect time period because we can not only just focus on LA, but we're also working on Seattle, Nashville, Dallas, Miami, Manhattan. We're promoting to all of these places and their event calendars and so on. So we can kind of just hit the ground running on building up modern day wife. We don't have to just go city by city, event by event. Like we just do it all at the same time, which is pretty 
uh, it can be not a great approach because you also don't want to just be splattered all over the place and not make real success building upwards. But at the same time, if you're going to have an event, why not promote to all these various places and see what happens? Yeah. So it's kind of like a testing ground, maybe. Yes. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think we're doing a podcast or something with a woman in Dallas soon. And look, you were in Arizona. And so it's interesting, like the various people who would be interested in what we're talking about, whereas maybe Colorado, you know, more like a rugged outdoorsy kind of place, maybe it won't pick up as much, you know, I'm not sure. We haven't, think, now that I think about it, Colorado hasn't been on my list, so it makes sense. <laughs> So. Oh, and I like that you talked about charging. That was something I wanted to ask you about because I think sometimes when we want to have, okay, I want to have this virtual event, especially right now, when's a good time to start charging? Because there is that line of, oh, is this just kind of like, oh, a free webinar to get email addresses or is this an actual event? So how has, how have you kind of navigated that and what's your advice for somebody dealing with that? Well, I think something that we didn't do, but I think for someone who is concerned about that, I think if you survey, that is probably the best thing you can do. And it's pretty easy on Instagram now with those polls that you can do in your Instagram stories. I think if there's someone who is thinking of charging, they could do a poll on just general first, like would, if, if, if this was an event we were having, would you pay for this? And then after that, they could do how much would you pay and put different brackets of amounts and so on. We didn't do that. We're kind of basing it on um, what we would pay for something like this. We've been keeping the price really low um, because we're newer, right? So we're trying to get more people and we want to make it more accessible for people who aren't working or people who are like us, who are starting a business, who are already scraping everything they can possibly get. Um, and which is something that I actually was, we were doing a blog with someone recently and they asked a question about how do you manage doing all of these various things as an entrepreneur? And I did mention, you know, you do have to, um, you have to get help, you, have, you know, getting into a different thing, but for sure, when you're, when you're trying to build up these things, you need to get people to help you. But in regards to charging, if you have a base already, it's very likely that they'll be willing to pay. Um, and you just have to decide how valuable it is. And, and you might have some trial and error. You know, our last event went really well. It was our first virtual event that we did together, Megan and I. Uh, she had had one earlier in the spring with Elena Cardone, and, um, which went really well. And then the first one that we did together in September, we had 200 people which is pretty good. So um, we're just working upwards and our target for our next event is 500. So we just keep going that way. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. It always takes a little trial and error, figuring out what works, what doesn't work. And I want to talk about speakers and vendors because you guys have an awesome lineup of speakers. Like if you just scroll through their Instagram feed guys, you will see like what, like all of these awesome women have spoken at their events or on their IGTV. So Thank how, you. how do you approach getting these high value speakers? Cause I think that can be something that 
could even defer some, oh, I don't, I don't even want to throw an event. I don't know how to get speakers. Maybe I don't have a network. So can you talk to that a little bit? Like, how do you make these connections? And yeah, I'd love to hear. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I'll say is this, sometimes in the beginning, you do have to, and I, and I'm saying this with the utmost respect, you have to start with the low hanging fruit. Okay. And also if it is your first event, you don't want to have the most important person or like someone you're maybe intimidated by or a really important person speak because it is your first event and you want them to be happy with what they're participating in. And you want there to be attendees, a lot of attendees. You want it to look professional. You want the tech technology to be seamless. You want the promotion to be really professional. So I wouldn't even suggest getting the most important person for your first event. I would go with low hanging fruit, which maybe could be your, your own network. Like maybe one of your friends is an accountant and one is a social uh, media SEO marketing type of girl. And let's say they all have different professions. So maybe you choose those girls and help them. You know, they'll eventually help you. It all, that's how it works, like how life works. And maybe you do an event like that. Or maybe you start to do just some webinars that are free with them, like tutorial webinars. And then now you've built up some confidence in you as a speaker and you as a producer and organizer of an event. And you as someone who can stick with a timeline and know how to do the promotion and get all of these things done. And now you can go to the next level, right? And so our first event together, we did kind of just go for big names right away because we're both very seasoned in events and we knew we could pull it off. So some of these people are people I've worked with before. So that was kind of easy for me. Um, but lots of them were, you just have to be willing to ask and not be nervous. And I struggle with this. I struggle that more with the media, like reaching out to the media to cover something. That's who I'm intimidated by. Asking important people to speak, like a lot of them are really grateful to speak. A lot of them are looking for promotional activities. So this is great for them. They don't have to pay and they're getting their name out there. And if you offer them lots of things like uh, ticket sales where they can have their own promo code, they can have commissions, they can help promote the event them giving a promo code so people can shop on their website after and get a promo code that you send out. So you just make it attractive for them to want to be a part of it. And, and the thing is, is being willing to reach out despite maybe like, for example, we have reached out to lots of publicists for celebrities to speak at events. And a lot of them are actually really respectful and cordial. Like even though it's a huge name, they say, thank you so much. And they might decline, but they're very respectful. And always, this is always how it is in life. You'll get one person, maybe two that are really nasty. And so like when I was doing some invites, I had one woman who, who said no. And I tried to, I pitched it one more time just to say, you know, they can pre-record and so on. And she said, you know, why are you pressuring me? Like, why, why even bother or something crazy, right? And I'm like really nice, actually. Like I send really cute emails, like they're almost too cute. And I just wrote back being really honest and not rebutting and just said, oh, I always think it's worth asking rather than not asking, but no problem. And I didn't get nervous or worried about it because I always expect you're going to get one or two haters when you reach out to like, let's say I reached out to maybe... 50 different publicists and one was not nice. 
So I think it's just knowing that you're always going to somehow or other end up with one negative person, but most people will be cordial and you'll might get a yes. And that's your, now your springboard to begin planning. Yes. I love that. And I think that's just like good life advice too. <laughs> like no matter where, what career, there's always going to be a hater. So in me, you just got to be nice, let it go. <laughs> exactly. And try not to get stuck on it. You know, like people like that, you end up thinking about it and grinding over it and worrying about it. And it's like, that's what they want. And I've had to really learn that and not get nervous and what's great is if you do have a partner, like I have Megan as my partner in this business. And so when you have a partner, if you do get nervous, the other person usually at that point will be calm and they'll get you out of it. And then you kind of help each other not to get stuck in these negative things. I love that. That is awesome. And I want you to think back to your very first event ever that you put on to your most recent and tell us maybe like two biggest learning lessons. So like what is like the biggest two things that you've ever learned about putting on events, which I'm sure there's probably a ton. <laughs> okay. I have one that's not fully applicable to everybody and it's not even applicable to all my events, but one of my first galas that I was putting on, I was telling people they had to write a script and send it in advance. Now, if they really refused to send in advance and they said they'll bring it that day, fine. But as long as they had a script, right? And at that time, I didn't use teleprompters. And um, I had one guy who was at my gala who was speaking and he refused to write a script. And I was, didn't want to offend him and so on. So I said, okay, you know, and I gave him some parameters. And he was like, no, I, of course, I would never do that. About and yeah, and I gave him, okay, you have up to maximum five minutes, but it's better if you do less. And he was giving an acceptance speech. I'm not kidding you. The man spoke for an hour and a half. And what are you going to do? Like, it's not like a cartoon where you have those canes and you can pull them off, you know, like, and I can't go, I can't walk to the front and go like this, right? Everyone would see. So you're stuck. You have to, like, there's nothing you can do. It's not like the Oscars and the orchestra starts playing, like, and not only did he talk for an hour and a half, but he spoke about inappropriate things, things that were not what we wanted to be promoting at our event. And he just used it as his own platform to put on a whole forum, basically. And it was not good. And so now if a person refuses to write a script, I know that they are a problem because it's happened so many times where I think, fine, they're gonna be good. And whenever people give you a problem about that, don't have them speak and don't worry if they get offended. So that's number one. Um, a good way to kind of make it so it's not like it's you, by the way, if someone wants advice on how do you handle that, you could say, well, the event producer needs to approve it. So it's not you. And then they're like, well, who's the event producer? Oh, it's Lisa and you know, she's really hard to reach and you can maybe email her and then give him an email like office at blah, blah, generic, and you can answer it. Sorry. I mean, this is a behind the scenes talk, right? Yes. So, we love it. Okay. So that would be a suggestion. Um, and then also if you have a teleprompter, then you can say, we have to have the speech because we have to send in advance. And this is actually true. And it has to be the teleprompter company has to have it. So that's another handling. 
Um, a second thing that I've learned that, that didn't go well is, um, I wouldn't even say didn't go well, but I would say in regards to just decorations and decor, um, just really building up from the, verse, the first event, maybe having like not one theme, like let's say you have kind of like this color flowers and this color tablecloths and it's not like one theme. You kind of want everything, it will look more professional if you stick with a theme of colors. Like I see you have like a pinkish background, right? So let's say like, like that would could be considered a theme, right? Or like that's the color motif. And then you could, if, that, if this was an event space, right? Your invite could have been that color. Your Instagram posts, everything could match those colors for that event, keep it consistent for that event. Yeah, I love that. All about the brand. <laughs> yes, I know. And it's kind of like, it is, it's unfortunately getting now everyone's doing it and everyone, you know, everyone has Canva and everyone, there's all these social media posts on, you can get your logo and all these Canva posts that people create it. So a lot of things now all kind of just, everyone has this amazing logo and images. So I'm curious to know what is going to be the next thing, because it seems like we've reached a point where it's so saturated and everyone looks professional and it's kind of hard to tell the difference. And so it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Yeah, I, I'll be curious to figure that one out too. <laughs> yes, I know. I wish we knew now because then we could make I the know. money creating it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so that is super helpful. I love that. And both of those tips really like can apply to however big or small your event is or wherever level you're at. So I love that. And I want to talk about creativity a little bit because putting on events, that takes a very creative mind. So how do you, throwing over 2000 events, how do you like keep that creative spark? Is there something that you look to for inspiration? How do you go about that process? Okay. So the first thing is, is I look at other people's events. I'm not ashamed to say that. I have things that are my own ideas, but for sure, I look to see what other people are doing for ideas and for inspiration and to see what is, what is the highest bar, right, of things right now. So before, I'll give you an example. And, and people who are listening, the first thing they should do if they want to know how to be creative and put on events is subscribe to this website called BizBash. Ooh. which has amazing newsletters that show you like right now I get them every day and it's showing me what the best people are doing at virtual events. What platforms are they using? What like our last event, we integrated so many things because I watched a webinar from this website where it talked about like, for example, when you go to an, an in-person event, when you walk into an event hall, it's not quiet. So when people come to a virtual event, they're not going to, like, you don't want to just be quiet and we're just sitting there. You need a pre-show. You need a DJ. You, good. You should have a virtual photo booth. So now you have these people taking these pictures. You get sent them with the background you want and you can post it and use it to show you actually had an event rather than just a screenshot, right? So, so that you can show you had this and there's something to show for it. So we enter, and, and there's lots of other things that you could do, but okay. So, um, so what, so the creative side. So I'll give you another example. Um, I, uh, from BizBash or a magazine or some blog or whatever, 
or just Google images with ideas I have, I saw this new concept of a step and repeat, which is good. now is like saturated everywhere. But at that time it was new, which was kind of like the greenery background with just the name. Now you see that everywhere. But it, when I saw that maybe two years ago now, I was like, oh my God, like the flower background. I thought that was the most brilliant thing. Unfortunately now it's almost cheesy because it's so used, right? So the next thing will come, you know, like there's a lots of use of acrylic things right now, acrylic, like the clear uh, material and so on. That's kind of in uh, big letters, right? Instead, like that could be a background. So there's things like that. I'll just see what people are doing and, and shake it up. But I think it goes with creativity. It comes from, you have to decide what's the purpose of the event? What do you want people to get out of it? And you start to get the juices flowing and then you come up with a concept. So let's say I had an event in Manhattan and I wanted it to tie in Manhattan and urban inner city. So, okay, good. So what's inner city? I'll just, th I'll just do it with you right now, right? This isn't planned. Graffiti, buildings, lights, bridges, taxis, garbage, potholes in the street, right? Let's just throw those out. So how do we integrate that now if we want it to be like that? Well, let's, maybe the events can be edgy. So maybe people come in and there's a sign like, be careful for this pothole. And like, <laughs> there's a, a table that comes out of it with drinks, you know, I don't know, you know, or in graffiti, you can make your step and repeat a graffiti wall. That's actually brilliant. I just thought of that. Like, I love it. And that's an urban theme. So that's how you do it. You just have to think with one idea and you could also type it into Google images and see, again, get more ideas from what comes up. I love that. That is so helpful. I love that. Guys, we just got like a free theme planning. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so with virtual events, you get them to commit. Okay. They, they pay the ticket fee. We have it on the calendar. How do we get them to actually show up? Like, what do you guys do as far as like reminders or getting yeah. people involved, engaged while it's happening? Because sometimes when it's virtual, you can maybe forget it's happening because it's on the computer. You don't have to go anywhere. So I guess, how do you guys kind of market that to make sure the audience is engaged? Well, first of all, that is the good thing about people paying is that they are more likely to go to it. Um, and like that, yes, there's a recorded a re recording they can watch after, but at our live event, because we have the virtual photo booth, we promoted that we couldn't have that in a replay. Um, we had a mixology session and people were emailed the recipe for how to make the drink that we would be making at the event. And it was an interactive thing that people could do together. Um, at the next event, we're going to have a, a fitness guru. Um, Pearl Chichi or Pearl CC, I have to actually ask her to pronounce it. Um, she's going to lead a stretch, like a sample stretch that you can do in between Zoom calls and Zoom meetings, just like a simple thing. So it's fun to do it together where people are actually live there. Um, at the last event, we held a live Q&A with the celebrity panel and people were in the chat space. And in the chat, we also were, were announcing giveaways and things that people could do and so on. And you couldn't participate in any of that. So what do we do to let people know that they're going to miss out on that is we have daily newsletters the week of the event. We don't do daily newsletters other than that, even though most companies do, we don't. We try, I think we send like two or three a week, which even then I get nervous about, but the week of for sure it's every day and there's an announcement of 
the virtual, let's say you're going to have a virtual gift bag or, or, or prizes people can get for doing something during the event. Um, the live Q and A, it's all these various things. So you have to send the newsletters, you have to do the Instagram stories, you have to do the Instagram grids, and you can also get a system where it text messages all of your attendees. But the only way you can have that service is if they have to put in their phone number when they RSVP and buy their ticket. So those are some of the ways that they can get people to be there. That is awesome. Those are really great ideas for both getting them to like incentivizing them to come, but also just staying engaged while they're there too. So that's super cool. I yes. love that. Okay. Well, and just to add to that about staying engaged, the thing that I like about our events that is different than a lot of the events going on right now is a lot of the events happening right now are, first of all, could be several days and the workshops are all an hour long. For me, I can't watch an hour workshop. It's not going to happen. Even with my newborn baby, someone sent me an hour video when I was pregnant. Like, what do we have to talk about for an hour, right? Now I know what we have to talk about and I'm catching up watching videos now. But um, <laughs> I don't, I can't sit and watch someone talk for an hour. I just need them to get to the point. And so that's what our events, it makes them different is that they're short tutorials or short segments. They're like 10 minutes each. And in that way, uh, and, and some of them will be 20 minutes with this event, but in that way, we just get to the basics of things people need to know and what they can do right away. So people can take notes, stay interested and not fall off and then never get to the later speakers and your sponsors who have later segments. That is so awesome. Like light bulb. That is so cool to think about that. Cause I think maybe sometimes we think, oh, it has to be an hour. Cause that's what you do, but yeah, like just yes. think about what works for your audience and kind of build it that way. Yes, exactly. That is awesome. Okay. So I could talk to you forever, but I'm <laughs> going to give you one last question before we headed to the rapid fire, the working girl talk top 10. Yeah. We have already dived into some awesome event tips. So I'm super excited about that. Good. Last question before we head into the top 10. What has been your most, like your proudest career moment so far? That like pinch me moment. So in, I think it was 2017. I think it was that year. Actually, I have it next to me. Yes, yeah, September 15, 2017. I rang the bell at NASDAQ. Um, I'm going to explain. Do you know? I'll explain in case you don't know if you don't know. So there's the New York Stock Exchange. Which I'm sure people know that it's been in lots of movies. It was in Sex and the City and one of the episodes where they ring the bell to launch the start of the open of the market in the morning. And then there's a ringing of the bell at the end of the day. That's the closing bell. And you can trade stock on the New York Stock Exchange, which is in downtown near where the World Trade Center was, or NASDAQ, which is in Times Square. So we rang the opening bell at NASDAQ for my nonprofit. And... Um, I rang it. I had a whole group of people there invited of patrons and supporters and volunteers and VIPs. And, but I, and I run the, the nonprofit with my dad. So we were both there front and center. We rang it. And not only was that experience amazing, but when we were done ringing the bell, they told us to go outside. So we all went outside and then they, the person who's with you from NASDAQ tells you to turn around and you turn around. And now the tower, this huge tower in Times Square replays you ringing the bell Ignat congratulates, said my name, and said our nonprofit name. And this was just, 
it was so exciting and it was a real validation of many years of self like hardly any money it's a nonprofit not a lot of uh you know it's different in a nonprofit you don't always get validation for your work and so it was a big validation that is so cool that's like once in a lifetime experience that is awesome yes that is so cool. Okay, so I'm a journalist, so I have to ask, what's your nonprofit? Can you tell us like the scoop on that? Yes. So I've actually run two in New York. One of them is called Youth for Human Rights and basically takes this is a whole long story, but in after World War II, Eleanor Roosevelt with the UN created the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and nobody knows about this. And all the countries said they were going to adopt it. And if they did all adopt it, most of the things in this world wouldn't be the way they are. And so we took those human rights and we put them into a curriculum for kids and one for adults with these beautiful public service announcements and a a very short documentary that's narrated by Marisol Nichols. She's an actress on Riverdale right now. And, um, uh, And we educate people on human rights. And since we launched that nonprofit, I run the New York branch uh, the aware, like now you hear about child trafficking, sex trafficking all the time. Who knew about this 10, 15 years ago? No one was talking about it. So we do credit ourselves to all the world tours we're doing and the, the curriculum being implemented in schools and so on. So that's one of them. And the other one is Foundation for a Drug-Free World, which educates kids on uh, harmful effects of drugs. So we've done tons of events for that. I've launched chapters in five countries in Latin America, in Central America, and we have partnerships with lots of the pageant girls, like Miss New York, Miss Connecticut, Miss Teen Ohio, and so on. And we just put on events that are not just educational, but are inspirational to get them to achieve their goals. And how can you stay excited in life without feeling the need to turn to a drug to feel excited about life and what you're doing? So those are the two nonprofits. Okay. That is incredible. Wow. That is so cool, man. Okay. So things might take a little bit longer now because now I have to ask more oh, real quick. Um, how, I guess, how did you get, I guess the, the passion to start both of those? Like if there's like a, just a quick story about that. Yeah. Well, they're both the New York branches and I had been aware of both of the nonprofits. And when I was in college, I had an internship at a PR agency in Bethesda, Maryland, Seventeen University of Maryland. And I was in like a corporate building and I was there nine to five and I was pretty miserable. And I said, if I'm gonna be doing, working every day in my life, I better be doing something that I care about. And so when I graduated college in 2006, I already had that in mind. And luckily my dad was willing to launch the, the first one, Foundation for Drug World, with me in 2006. And we both had the same vision. We both thought really big. And we just launched it. And so I worked. He's a, a gum surgeon. He's a periodontist. And so I worked for him. And we ran the nonprofit together. So we made everything work. We also planned humanitarian trips to Cuba for medical profession. So we just did. It was kind of a bit of my what I realized in college, um, wanting to give back because being exposed, like, I'll just give you again. Yeah. We could talk about this forever, but like, (laughs) because we live in the United States, people actually don't realize how lucky we are 
especially if they don't travel. And a lot of Americans don't leave the U.S. And if you leave the U.S., I'll tell you the number one thing I always say when I leave and when I'm on the plane back is, oh my God, I can't wait to go back. Yes. <laughs> we have everything. We have so much space. You get napkins when you go to a deli, right? You, you want a nice, you want to change something on the menu at a restaurant? You change something on the menu. These are stupid examples, but we have everything. You can get anything you want. If you go to Russia, I've been to Russia, or uh, you can't get, there, you can't get credit cards. Like we have credit cards. There's no credit cards like that in Europe with zero percent and points. This doesn't exist. Um, and then let's be a little bit more in depth. When I saw that movie um, about in India called, I don't remember if you remember this movie. It was very famous. Um, it was about trafficking in India. And at the end, it was that song. Um, it made this one Indian song very famous. Uh, oh, Slumdog Millionaire. Thank you. All right. So when I saw that, I still have images of that boy with the towel being put over his eyes. And if you remember that scene, I don't know if you remember with the acid and whatever, I'm not yeah. going to get into it. Those images are like, I can't just watch that or like, I also am really into animal rights and stuff like that. I'm not doing much on it, but I'll donate when I get things in the mail or see Instagram posts. I can't see that stuff and just kind of block it out because it's, I could be in those places. And if I was in those places, I would want someone to help me. So that kind of also drives me very much. And just because we live in the U.S. and we don't see that, it doesn't mean it's not going on. So... Um, I don't even know a question I'm answering at this point, but that that's kind of one of the reasons why I still do it, despite it not being the easiest thing to do, because there's not a lot of money in it. And uh, yeah, it's not as glamorous as other things, you know? Yeah, but that is so cool. I love that. Very cool. Okay, I love it. I love this. This is so, wow, so interesting. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole because that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So I don't want to steal your whole evening. So we are going to dive into the Working Girl Talk top 10 before we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> first one, my first job ever. Mother's helper at Pickett's Lane Tennis Club in the summer in Syosset, New York, or Woodbury, New York. I'm obsessed with blank right now. So this could be anything you're obsessed with, a show, a food, a product, anything you're obsessed with. This clothing brand that I wish could give me 50% off because it's too expensive. It's called N Philanthropy. And I get their newsletter and I want everything and it's too expensive. And I think about it and want everything <laughs> on the website. So that's what I'm obsessed with. <laughs> Amazing. A girl boss that I look up to. Right now, she and she spoke at our event in September, but I would actually say Rebecca Minkoff right now, he was doing amazing things. She's an amazing fashion designer, but she's also doing a lot of really great things. Female Founder Collective. She's very relatable. She was willing to do our event, super easy. Her assistant was great. Um, I just think she's doing a lot and she's really out there and she's not using her position for any specific agenda. And I don't really, I don't love so much how much that's happening right now. Like sometimes I think people should stick with their own careers and plug things here and there, but uh, she's pretty like 
non-inflammatory. And at this exact moment, I appreciate that. I have blank at my desk always. Oh, well, my cell phone, of course. I'm on my cell phone. I have to like, when I'm literally getting up right now at night to feed my newborn, I have to stop myself from being like, let me check my phone. Because no, I need to get to sleep. I deleted the expletive right there, right? Because I'm so upset and exhausted all the time. I need to go to sleep, but I still am thinking, oh, I should check my emails. It's ridiculous. Best advice you've ever received. There's a really great, great quote. And I think this is Eleanor Roosevelt too. And it says something on the lines of you should do it anyways, because you'll be criticized if you do it or criticized if you don't do it. So you might as well just do it. Favorite account to follow on Instagram or any other social media? It's funny. I'm thinking of all our speakers because I follow them a lot. That's why I chose them. We have a speaker, Ashley Torres, Torres, which is at Everyday Pursuits. And I'm following her a lot because she has great and not super expensive fashion. Like she'll, she posts, she'll post like Amazon fashion finds, which are always really cheap. I love that. She's a new mom too. She's in LA and I started this course that I'm doing right now because of what she posted. So I think right now I'm really interested in her Instagram page because it, it relates to what's going on in my life right now. And she seems to really have her again, expletive deleted together. <laughs> love it. And a favorite book or podcast that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? I'll tell you the most recent book I read because it had a huge impact on me. And it was the first book that I've actually read from cover to cover in a long time. And it's also, this is so funny. It's someone who I just arranged for us to have an IGTV tutorial with. Her name's Kelly Pomerantz. And I, I can't remember the exact name of the book because I baby brain, but it's something like how to, how to have the French diet or something. And it's, I read the whole book on a flight from Denver to LA, which is totally what I want. I didn't have to look up a million words to know what she's talking about. I, I, it was easy to read. It was, I wanted to keep reading, which hardly ever happens. And it was such great advice on dieting. Everyone's listening, go get this book. Just look up Kelly Pomerantz. Um, and if they don't know, they can email you and you can email me. And then I have another book that I'm looking at that I need to read. And I held a, I held a book launch at my house in January before everything got shut down. I, I have a friend, Joanna Vargas. She's a famous uh, facialist. She was launching a book called, I think it's In the Glow. I'm looking at it right now. And I'm dying to still read it. I have it for months. And I would like to read it. So I would like to say that will be my next favorite book. We'll mm. see. I love it. We are going to take note of both of those. Love it. Yeah. Um, and last one, I am inspired by blank. Madonna. Since I was a little girl, I don't like what she's doing right now. I don't like how she looks right now. I'm not excited about anything she's doing right now. But Madonna was always the most inspiring woman to me, minus all the extreme controversial stuff it's not necessary she's just um she's just amazing she's just conquered so much she's an amazing performer she's just um, unbelievable and i'll say, say one other person um again not so much now but when, but really because of her character in sex and city so i should maybe say i'll just see sarah Jessica parker she's just magic 
Her voice is magic. She's magic. I related a lot to her when I lived in Manhattan. I used to look a lot more like her too and um, would get stopped. People asked me if I was her when I was in Manhattan and my life kind of paralleled her character with Mr. Big and going out with my friends and my career and all, you know, exploring the city. And that show, as with every woman, I think, feels like it's part of my own life. So awesome. And where can we follow Modern Day Wife and everything you guys are up to? So we're on Instagram at, at The Modern Day Wife. We're also, our website is themoderndaywife.com. And people can subscribe on our website and then they'll start getting newsletters about our event, our IG tutorials, which we'll be releasing workbooks with all of them soon. We'll be releasing merchandise soon. We have a lot, I can't really say all of it, that we'll be launching at our December event, uh, including a holiday gift guide, which we're really excited about. Not released yet, but we're really working hard on it behind the scenes. Yes, I love it. And everyone definitely go follow them. You guys have amazing content speakers. And thank you so much for being with us today, Megan. This was so awesome. Yeah, it's so much fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Megan Fialkoff. And I hope you go and check out her and Megan Ayers, the founder of Modern Day Wife. And you go check out Modern Day Wife. It's super cool. And my Friday favorite this week is... Dun, 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 the Modern Day Wife has an event coming up called Raise the Bar, Level Up Your Lifestyle. The speaker lineup is incredible. They have actress Jenny Poulos, Danelle Delgado, Tiffany Mignon. Amazing event it is happening October 27th. So next week, it's virtual. And by being a Working Girl Talk listener, you get $5 off of your ticket. So I have the link to the ticket in the show notes. I'll also post it on Instagram. Use the code PODCAST in all caps, so P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout, and you will get $5 off your ticket. It's going to be an amazing event. They are event pros. This is going to be super helpful for all my working girls out there. Make sure to use code PODCAST at checkout and get your ticket to raise the bar, level up your lifestyle by Modern Day Wife. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please follow Working Girl Talk on Instagram to stay in the know on everything we are up to and to get involved with the upcoming Halloween episode. And make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next week.